You are listening to Love, Maine Radio, hosted by Dr. Lisa Belisle and recorded at the studios of Maine Magazine in Portland. Dr. Lisa Belisle is a writer and physician who practices family medicine and acupuncture in Thompson. Show summaries are available at lovemainradio.com. Portland Art Gallery is proud to sponsor Love, Maine Radio. Portland Art Gallery is the city's largest and is located in the heart of the Old Port at 154 Middle Street. The gallery focuses on exhibiting the work of contemporary Maine artists and hosts a series of monthly solo shows in its newly expanded space, including Ingen Jorgensen, Brenda Sirioni, Daniel Corey, Jill Hoy, and Dave Allen. For complete show details, please visit our website at artcollectormain.com. Love, Maine Radio is also brought to you by Aristel, a lingerie boutique on Exchange Street in Portland's Old Port, where every body is seen as a work of art and beauty is celebrated from the inside out. Shop with us in person or online at aristel.com. Rob Gomez is an engineer at General Dynamics OTS in Saco. He also works as an online running coach at the company he started, Eastern Shore Training. This year, he was the second finisher in the main men's division at the TD Beach to Beacon, where he received national attention for helping fallen runner Jesse Orak to complete the race. Thanks for coming in today. Thanks for having me. I love having fellow runners in the studio with me. Um, the Beach to Beacon, that was kind of an intense situation for you wasn't it like oh yeah make the decision there's a guy down he's my friend pick him up do mm-hmm. well get my time um yeah i mean th- there really wasn't a lot of time to make a decision it was kind of like the way that the the situation unfolded there was about three or four seconds to probably decide what to do and so i did what i guess kind of came instinctively was to grab him grab jesse and help him to the finish line and i've i've had a lot of time over the last month since it happened to to go back and think about why and i've been asked why on numerous occasions and i i think it's just because um i honestly felt like there was part of a runner's code that was involved in that i didn't feel like based on how close he was to the finish and how far ahead he was in the race, I didn't feel like I deserved to win. And had I passed him and and crossed the finish line, it wouldn't have felt like a like uh, uh, it would have felt like a hollow victory to me. So that was I wanted to make sure that he got what he deserved, in my opinion. And some people disagree with that, but I can sleep at night. So <laughs> so people disagree with that. You oh, actually yeah. had people who have said, "Why'd you do that?" Yeah, and I mean, it's it's not. Really, and they have a people have a point in in saying the race is ten thousand kilometers. It's a ten thousand kilometer race. Jesse completed seventy five fifty to seventy five meters short of ten thousand meters. He didn't make it to the finish line on his own power, and so therefore he didn't win the ten thousand meter the main division of the ten thousand meter race. He won nine point nine nine meters nine point nine nine kilometers. So I. Uh, People do have a point in that regard, but um, really the decision ultimately fell to me and the uh, finish line um, referees at Beach to Beacon. We all decided that we'd let the results stand as they are. So that's, that's um, I'm glad they decided that way. So it, yeah, people do have their own their different opinions about that, and I understand that and I respect that, but. Uh, I'm glad it worked out the way that it did. Yeah, that, that's interesting because I think that 
you know, you're talking about any sort of sport where you have to set guidelines. You have to create a set of rules. Mm -hmm. And and running is actually somewhat easier in some ways because it's Mm -hmm. get from A to B and you have to just be fast. Mm -hmm. Um, But when people train as hard as they do to be elite athletes and somehow the rules seem like they're broached, then Mm -hmm. that can be kind of hard to swallow, I guess. Absolutely. And I think there's running is a community in which um, there, there's, a, I mean, there's a lot of respect for the purity of the sport. When uh, something uh, comes, when there's information brought to light where someone had had been taking performance-enhancing drugs or have been cheating, there's a large group of people who um, basically uh, rage against that that particular that particular incident. There's also um, there's also people who uh, check to make sure that that there aren't individuals that are trying to um, submit false qualifying times for, say, the Boston Marathon. There's a there's a large uh, community that makes sure that qualifying times for Boston Marathon are are accurate. Um, so I think running more than other sports, there's a large uh, there, there's a uh, a push to to keep it as as legitimate and pure as possible. And so that's why there may be some people that that view what happened in, in a less in a less favorable light. Um, but I think given the context of what happened, I, it wasn't like Jesse and I were competing for a spot at the Olympics. And it, it also wasn't like it was first overall in the entire race, which I think we'd have a different discussion. There'd be more, there would be uh, more discussion about what to do. But given, given the fact that it was a main division, which ultimately in the grand scheme of things is not as important, and uh, and, and given that all the parties in directly involved all ag- agreed in what happened, I think it was, uh, I, I, I think pretty much everyone is okay with it. But had the context been different, I think you'd see a different reaction at, at, with the public at large. So what we're ultimately talking about is sportsmanship. Yeah, I guess you could say that, sure. Which sometimes does come in conflict with competition and with actually winning. Mm-hmm. Sometimes the people who are nice are not the people who finish first. Right. right. So that's kind of a funny dissonance, I think, for many people. Yeah. I mean, obviously, there are people much smarter than I and, and, and people who have, talked, who have broken this down a lot more than I have. So I, I don't really have a lot of insight as to what sportsmanship is as compared to you know competition competitiveness whatnot but i i th- i think as far as the personal experience that i have and the and the incident that happened i feel like uh it's more important to have a strong running community in maine it's more important to have good sportsmanship amongst that community so the the fact that i could have said okay i'm the first mainer i could have made a few more dollars in prize money isn't worth the amount of 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 friendship camaraderie and and good i guess good publicity for the running community that this is all generated i mean it's really this has been really good for the running community at large especially in maine and and for beach to beacon it's been good for beach to beacon as well so i i think the way that things turned out this has really been i mean this has really been a great thing it's kind of a ramble, sorry. <laughs> no, I, I have to agree with you. I, mean, I think that um, what, I, what I'm wondering about for you is you, you talked about the runner's code 
And and for you, there's something that wherever that came from, I don't know, a combination of your upbringing mm. and your training and your own personal outlook on life, there's mm-hmm. something that's there. And I think that that really does jive with the way that many of us like to live life here on Maine. I think it does. And I, I think if at every opportunity that I've had, I've tried to express to people that what I did is not, it, it's not heroic. What I did is not mean that I am a special individual. I am just a representative of the Maine community, of the, you know, the running community in Maine, but also the Maine community at large. I truly feel that it, that it's a very minor thing for, to do that. And I feel that, you know, given if someone else, some other Mainer were in my shoes, they would have done the same thing. And maybe not everyone would have, but I really do feel by and large people would have, especially Mainers. That's, that's what I feel. And I try to, every opportunity I get, I try to express that. So thanks for giving me the platform to express it again. You were raised in Waldeboro. Mm-hmm. And your mother, you said, has worked at Moody's Diner for oh, give her forty plus or minus five years. It's been it's been a long time. She's worked there ever since she got out of high school. So you really have had a sense of what it what it means to be in Maine, to be a Mainer, and to be a runner in Maine. Yeah, yeah, I I have. I I grew up. I born raised in in Waldeboro. I spent two years at the Maine School of Science and Mathematics in Limestone. Uh, then I went to uh, undergrad at Bates College in Lewiston, and then I went to grad school at UMO and, and lived in Orono for a few years. And since I've been down here working at General Dynamics, I've, I've lived in Biddeford, Portland, you know, Wyndham. Uh, so I, the joke I tell people is I've, I've lived all over the state, but I've never been able to make it out. But the truth is I don't want to make it out. I've, I've seen a lot of the state. I've, I, I know a lot of people all over the state, and we're, we're all, I mean, there's, there's different ways of living here in the state, but there is a true, true Mainer quality that, that really uh, sort of permeates throughout the entire state, and, perme- and that, that the running community is throughout the state is a part of that. Talk to me about your evolution as a runner. When did you start? Uh, I started, I tried it out my uh, seventh grade year um, at middle school in Waldeboro. And uh, after that, I decided to try soccer my eighth grade year, and that was a disaster. The soccer team scored one goal the entire year, and the and the cross-country team went on to win the, the local middle school championship. So I was like, that was a bad idea. But... Uh, in high school, I, I started uh, running at Madomic Valley, and I made the varsity team. had a, had a little bit of you know success there, but I never really took it seriously until I went up to the May School of Science and Math. Um, I think I'll, there was a lot of freedom to a lot of time and freedom to sort of focus on different things, and there's a lot of wide open space up there. So I that, I think that inspired me to run a lot more, and that's what I think pushed me to the the level of success that I achieved in high school where I was I got a couple cross-country state championships and class D which no longer exists in cross-country but that that propelled me to um, run in college and so on and so forth so yeah so I've basically been running since then with a with a little bit of an interruption in there so as part of um Running, it's both a team sport and an individual sport. Mm-hmm. It's really something where you have to be self-motivated, but you also had to be pretty self-motivated up at the main school of science and mathematics. Mm-hmm. 
I mean, the types of things that you've done in your life require a lot of focus. Yeah, and I, I think the experiences that I've had in my life have been conducive to generating that focus. There's been uh, uh, someone, actually a, a podcast that I did earlier, there was a, there was a discussion of maybe uh, someone who's into the scientific disciplines uh, it, someone who's very calculated, maybe more left side brain, is m- more uh, uh, apt to be into something like running because running takes discipline, it takes a schedule, uh, it, it, it takes routine. And I think those, you know, not that people with right side brain can't do that, and I, I know a lot of runners who are artists, creative types, whatnot, but I, I think it, you, you're given a little bit of a... I, I think you're more predisposed to running if you have more of a, you know, more of a scientific mind. I don't know, but that's that's the discussion that it was. But I certainly think that my my career path and my running path, for me personally, are intertwined. So, as someone who, I mean, I have not gotten to the level that you are at as far as winning races, but I have been running for most of my life and mm-hmm. probably starting little bit younger but um but for me the hard days are january you know get up and i'm an outside runner so Mm. i always i'm never on a treadmill inside it's the you know less than zero degree weather it's the darkness it's the cold Mm -hmm. somehow i figure out a way to do that Mm -hmm. how do you figure out a way to do that um well i running running is literally a physical addiction and I, I could say without a doubt that I'm addicted to it. And so if I don't get my endorphin rush, uh, after a couple of days, I start to get cranky. Uh, life doesn't seem to be quite as bright and, and, and uh, happy. Uh, I could tell that I'm missing something. I mean, it's, it's, not, a, it's not a complete crash, but I, I could tell, okay, I, I, need, I need to make myself happy. So running provides an endorphin rush that I that I get, and if I have to go out into, you know, twenty below weather and bundle up and have the ice, the my the moisture from my breath freeze on my eyebrows and my eyelids and I can't see, so what? It's it's worth it, and so the I think that uh, that definitely plays a big part of it. So it's it's not really something that you have to overcome the the dark and the cold. You, you just internally you you have this push to to get out there. Well, so I think we all overcome it. It's just the push is stronger than the than the deterrent for for me at least, and for everyone else who wants to get out there and run in in the cold and dark and whatnot. But it's I don't know. After a while, after you've been out there for a while and you warm up, you kind of enjoy it. And then I think being out there and knowing that you're one of the only ones braving that it's. It's kind of a cool feeling. Yeah, I would agree. And I I, I find that um, when I don't run, it's not only do I feel a little bit, like, I don't know, anxious, but I also miss the outdoors mm-hmm. and miss the seasons, even just one day. I feel like I've, I'm mm-hmm. not somehow connected with what's going on around me. Yeah. Um, do you run when you go to other places? I love to. Uh, in fact, I, I go to other places just to run. <laughs> so I'd, I actually, uh, yesterday I, I wanted to go uh, to the White Mountains. I did a, a run up in the White Mountains, in the, in the main portion of the White Mountains, in, a, in an area that um, I hadn't been to, at least in the summertime. I, I'd hiked in the winter, but I went up there and loved it. And 
I, when you're in that moment, you do realize, you know, I have the luxury of being able to run in places like this and really soak it all in. So I know exactly what you mean in that, you know, running is, is kind of like a vehicle to just experience as much of the outdoors as you can, especially in Maine. Yeah, I find that I, if I go to a new place and I don't run, then I feel like something went wrong. You know, I have to have that like sort of full body sensory experience mm-hmm. to really have been kind of placed there as yep. an individual versus being in a car and just kind of going past things. Yeah, I, I think there's definitely a much bigger, a, a much more uh, indulgent experience running in some place and driving in it. Yeah, absolutely. So it sounds like you also do, you do roads and trails if you're talking about running in the White Mountains. Yeah. Yep. And so you're not really limited by, you don't have to have specifically a flat surface in any given place. You Wherever you are, you go. Yeah. I think it, if you live in Maine I, and you run in Maine, I, I think you're, you're kind of missing a little bit of the fun if you don't go out into the woods or into the trails and try to get as much of it as possible. So that's, I try to run on trails. I don't run enough on trails. I, I should do more. My ankles are telling me that I ran on, I ran on trails yesterday. They, they, they hurt a lot. But uh, I try to get on trails quite a bit because it's awesome. So obviously Beach to Beacon was one of your goal races, or I'm, I'm guessing. Yeah. you did really well. <laughs> so um, what what is your preferred distance? What do you like to run? Uh, for me, as far as standard road racing distances, the longer the better. And I'm not, I haven't gotten into ultras yet, maybe someday, but uh, I'm more of a marathon guy. So that's that's what I'm training for right now. So what's your next marathon? Uh, Philadelphia Marathon. It's the weekend before Thanksgiving, and there's actually a number of uh, Mainers who are going down to run that together. So it's it's going to be a lot of fun. Why specifically the Philadelphia Marathon? What's so good about that one? Um, two reasons for me specifically. I can't speak for other people, but for me, um, it's later on in the fall so that there's really no chance of it being hot. I, I don't run well in hot weather i can i can handle a 30 35 degree day for a race if it's 75 80 it's not going to go well so that running that late november in philadelphia pretty much rules out a hot race and it's it's later on in the season so that it gives me an opportunity to get as much training in as possible um i have if the main marathon which is a great marathon that's in uh less than four weeks now uh there's mdi marathon which comes right after that there's Chicago coming up. I felt like I didn't have enough time to really get in the training that I wanted, so I picked Philadelphia. It gave me another, I guess, chunk of time in order to get ready for it, which hopefully will help. We'll see. So it sounds like you pretty much are always in training for something, <laughs> just to kind of keep yourself motivated, I yeah. guess. Yeah. I, uh, I was joking with my wife last night that I, I can't really remember the last time I didn't have a training plan for something. And there's probably something to be said for taking a chunk of time and not having a goal like that, not having a focus and just relaxing and enjoying running for what it is. Um, I'm not really programmed like that, but I, 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 tried, I do try to take a little time each, each year, at least a week or two, where there's no goals on the, on the horizon and I could just, you know, relax and enjoy running for what it is. Does your wife run? She does. She doesn't run as much as I do, which is probably a good thing. <laughs> but uh, she, you know, she kind of has a love-hate relationship with it where she 
you know, she'll get into her training plan. She'll like it, and then there'll be, um, then you know, there'll be injury or or life happens, which which most people, you know, struggle with. It's life gets in the way, or an injury pops up, and then it's and then, you know, it's hard to get back into it. And so that's, I think right now she's in kind of a kind of a, a lull, a running lull, but she's she's getting back into it. And so it's it's we try to encourage each other with our running. Do you run together? Uh, we do. Uh, not all the time. Um, she's I, I like to chat and, be, and converse when I'm running, and she's not like that. And I know a lot of runners don't like to talk when they when they run. They like to focus on running or, or just uh, you know zone out. And so I'm over here on you know over to her side trying to chit chat and talk about everything. And she's like, just be quiet, let me run. So it's it can be an interesting dynamic when we're running together. But we do we do get out there sometimes. You know, that, that is a really interesting point because um, I, I, I don't mind running with other people. I have a significant other and I run with him. Mm-hmm. And I find myself being the chatter yep. in, in general. Mm-hmm. And he often is quiet and I'm kind of waiting for him to, to talk. And mm-hmm. it doesn't always happen. And I'm mm-hmm. thinking, is there something wrong? But but it's probably just, you know, a difference in the, like the internal self, you know, yeah. whatever it is that each person really is is experiencing I guess as a runner yeah I, I mean it's I think different people get different things out of it I mean we all get similar things out of it but beyond that there's you know I you or I may in a group run we may get a, a very beneficial social aspect out of it where other people they just want to they want to find their their happy place their zen when they're out there and so that's I like those days too. I like I like my runs where I go out solo and I don't talk to anyone. Those those are good too. So I can understand that. So talk to me about coaching. This is something that you've um, I had I guess had some success with, probably based on the fact that you've had some success as a runner. Yeah, I uh, in 2014 I, I started Eastern Shore training. It was just it was it isn't really it's to be honest it's not a service that pays the bills it's it's more of a a side gig where i i allows me to reach out to the running community a little more and have have a bigger footprint there and sort of help people with their with their running goals so i i try to help as many people as i can all age ranges all ability levels and uh, up you know so far it's been a very rewarding experience so in that case you must need to understand different types of running personalities, the Mm -hmm. solo runners, the group runners, the people who like to go shorter, the people who like to go longer. That's that's kind of a different type of um, mind blend that you're using perhaps than what you do with general dynamics. Yeah. I mean, it's been a, it's been a learning experience as I've gone on because I've, I'm, I'm a particular type of runner. I, I know me, I know what I need. uh, And Obviously, not everyone's like that. So, as I've been doing this this uh, online coaching, because it's primarily online coaching, um, I've had to change running plans and and encourage people in different ways that that reflect the different type of runners that they are. Um, some people really need uh, a lot of encouragement to get out the door. Uh, some people need to be told to to don't run so much, slow down, don't don't bite off as you know so much at one time and and so it's been i've i've learned a lot in the process in order to try to uh be able to work with everyone you also have a really nice 
kind of statewide team that you that you work with as mm-hmm. a runner, mm-hmm. and that must be very motivating. Yeah, we uh, the team is called uh, Dirigo Running Club. Uh, it's sponsored by uh, Fleet Feet Main Running, which is right down the road here. And it, uh, you're right, it is statewide. It, I think it's got over 100 members now. And it's a competitive team, so there is a qualifying standard for it. Uh, but uh, if you do get in, it's, it's, a, you know, it's a big, fun group. There's a lot of competitiveness involved. And you kind of uh, you rally around each other as a, as a team. Say like at Beach to Beacon, there were tons of us there, and we all got together, got a group picture, and we really fed off each other as a group. So it, it is. It's a, it's a good motivating experience to be a part of this team. You're right. One of the things that I like about running is that it is it can be lifelong, mm-hmm. unless you get injured in some way and then you're precluded from running when right. you're older. But um, some of the people, I mean, we interviewed Joan Benite Samuelson here, mm-hmm. and obviously she's still out there on the course, like doing ridiculously well. Right. And I look at people who are like her in her 60s or even people who are in their 80s mm-hmm. and they're out there and they're still doing it mm-hmm. and it really makes me happy that this is something that so many of us just tune into and and want to keep doing yeah i think most runners as long as they're like you said as their body will hold up they'll they'll keep doing it and i i there aren't that many activities that adults can do that they can do lifelong like this and I, that's why I think the running community is so uh, tight knit and and so uh, uh, so really so big relative to other communities is that it's something that you could do your entire life. And it's I hope I can do it. I mean, knock on wood. Uh, hopefully, my legs will hold up. But uh, I'd like to be involved with the running community as much as possible, whether I'm actually running or not. I've also seen since I started doing road races, and I took some time off from really being competitive, but I've started to kind of ramp up again, that the interest level is just, it's just exploded. I mean, the the number of really nice road races that we have around the state, the number of people that come from out of state. Mm -hmm. Um, I was at the Booth Bay Half Marathon uh, this weekend, Mm -hmm. and there were 120 people signed up to run this pretty hilly course around Booth Bay. Mm -hmm. Um, Maybe not the easiest, but People liked it. They were excited about it. Mm-hmm. And and that's kind of fun, given that Maine can be a, a state with fairly extreme weather sometimes. Yeah. I, I mean, I think over the past uh, 15, 20 years, it's really exploded. With the color runs, there's color runs. There's different relays. There's, uh, there's I mean, even the, the Spartan races. I mean that's a that's kind of a that's a little different. That's more cross training, um, but the Spartan races and the and, and those kind of the mud runs, whatever. It's I think there's been a lot of way of trying to involve as many people as possible, and I think that's great. There, it's the more people that are involved with running. I'm biased, but the more people that are involved with running, the better, in my opinion. I think there's a lot of benefits for that. As a result of what happened at the Beach to Beacon, you've obviously been asked to speak with a lot of different um, news agencies. You've been doing podcast and print and you know online uh, interviews and television. This has become this has given you a platform. Does this surprise you? As you're you're just you're a guy who runs, and and you you know helped your friend, and mm-hmm. now all these people are interested in talking to you. Like did, did that. Does that in any way kind of um, speak to some bigger need in the world to have a happy story, I guess? I, I mean, I, 
I guess. I think you nailed it. I, I really think there's just there was just probably a hunger for some good news. And that's you know that on the grand scheme on the grand scale on the grand scheme of things, this little incident's really not that important. But people just sort of lashed onto it as a bit of good news, and it just it's a sign that you know things are still pretty good, I suppose. So I think that's why it got the legs that it did, and that's why it, it went viral, so to speak. And uh, you know I'm just I was lucky to be in the right place at the right time to be a part of it. And I, I keep telling people that my 15 minutes of fame will just about be up pretty soon, I hope. But I'm just glad that, you know, what what I did was able to give people, a, you know, a good moment, at least for a little while. So for people who are listening who might be considering signing up for a race, they're not really sure, mm-hmm. do you have any words of wisdom? Uh Yes, I do. Uh, it's it can be intimidating. Um, the the hardest part about about running is just starting out. That is the hardest part. Um, that that may not encourage anyone to just get into it, but it's really everything gets a lot better from there. And the best part about running is really the the feeling of accomplishment after you're done. No matter how fast you go, or how far you go, as long as you hit the goal that you're trying to reach. Um, and finish the race that you're tr- or run or whatever that you're trying to do, there is a really good sense of accomplishment there. And the good part about it is with running, there's a people all around you that are willing to celebrate that achievement with you. So it's really, it's an awesome thing. And I, the more people that do it, the better. I've been speaking with Rob Gomez, who is an engineer at General Dynamics, Ordnance and Tactical Systems in Saco. He recently... Uh, did very well in the main men's division, the second, I believe. Yep. Would have been first, but <laughs> the two of you together, um, and has received national attention for helping fallen runner Jesse Aura to complete the race. I really appreciate you coming in, and I guess I appreciate the fact that I'm part of your 15 minutes of fame now, um, and I appreciate you being a part of the main running community and really presenting such a positive face, so thank you. Thank you. Pleasure being here. Love Maine Radio is brought to you by Maine Magazine, Aristel, Portland Art Gallery, and Art Collector Maine. Audio production and original music are by Spencer Albee. Our editorial producers are Paul Koenig and Brittany Cost. Our assistant producer is Shelby Wasik. Our community development manager is Casey Lovejoy. And our executive producers are Kevin Thomas, Rebecca Falzano, and Dr. Lisa Belisle. For more information on our production team, Maine Magazine, or any of the guests featured here today, please visit us at lovemainradio.com.